Welcome to Will and Way. I'm Mary J. If you have things you want to accomplish, if average isn't okay with you, if you want to build the future, but you're also not superhuman and want to enjoy your life today too, you're in the right place. Here we explore how to think better, feel better, and live better in brief but beefy episodes that offer motivation, the will, and practical how-tos, the way, so you always have a next step. I debated whether this should be one of the first episodes on Will and Way. After all, I typically like to go for things that are a little bit more geared toward what you want instead of staying away from what you don't want. But I thought, you know what? We all deal with jerks and criticism. So if we know how to deal with them faster, then we can get back to our regularly scheduled, productive, happier days. So I am going to release this as one of the first episodes. And if we can implement what's in here um, right away, then it'll help us with everything else that we talk about in later episodes. So five tactics for dealing with jerks and criticism. They're all simple. I think they're easy to remember, and they're things that have helped me, so I hope that they help you. The first one I'm going to talk about is something that is new, and it just occurred to me on Valentine's Day, actually. I was walking the dogs around the neighborhood at lunch, and I love my dogs, of course. I love walking the dogs. It was a gorgeous day, and I noticed that my thoughts were monopolized by thinking about these two not extraordinarily nice people in my neighborhood's Facebook group. And as I was walking, I was just thinking, how come people can't just get along? Why can't they be courteous? Why would you waste your time? Blah, 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 blah. And I was just letting these people's behavior bother me. And I kept thinking about it instead of thinking about the beautiful day or projects that I was working on or anything else, I was thinking about them. And this thought popped in my head that if you wouldn't invite someone into your living room, don't let them into your head. I wouldn't invite these people into my living room. I don't want to hang out with them. I don't want to be friends with them. Yet here I was letting them into the most sacred space, my thoughts. And so that thought just kind of snapped me out of it. And um, I think it's going to help me in the future. And again, it is if you wouldn't invite someone into your living room, don't let them into your head. And you can even picture those people hanging out in your living room. And if that makes your skin crawl, then you know, okay, I need to redirect this thought. So that's the first way. The second way is also actually dog-related. Uh, You will tell very quickly that I love dogs. They are the best. And I will never apologize for loving dogs. (laughs) So it's this. I have these thick navy blackout curtains at the front of my office. And I have a bench seat in front. But those curtains are kept closed most of the day. And it's not because I don't like sunlight. It's because if I leave them open then my dogs get super riled up by anyone who walks by, neighbors backing out of their driveway, anything like that. They get riled up and they bark and they get all excited. 
And if I keep those curtains closed, then most of the time, unless it's the FedEx truck or something that's really, really loud, they just chill out in the office, they lay at my feet, they lay out on the bench seat, and they're just relaxed and peaceful and enjoy their day because I have removed their vision of the distractions. So I thought that's what I need to do when I have jerks in my life <laughs> or have had criticism or something bad happened that I keep thinking about. Close the curtains. And I literally picture closing the curtains so that I can then go on my day, enjoy it, have a peaceful day, go about my business, and not let myself get riled up by thinking about what's making me unhappy and what's what's making me anxious or whatever it is. So close the curtains on those people and those thoughts. Now, the third way, before I get into the third way, and it's more focused on dealing with criticism, I want to remind you and myself that the most successful, the most skilled people in the world get criticism. Sometimes we feel like it's just us because, you know, we're not good enough or whatever it is. But everyone, even the most successful people that sane people would argue, uh, why are you criticizing them about that? They get criticism. So when we get criticized, we're in good company. Um, Ozan Verrill, author of How to Think Like a Rocket Scientist, recently wrote in his newsletter about some cranky criticism he got from a former colleague. And you know what? I think I'm going to start calling it cranky criticism because criticism with the intent to tear down does come from cranky people. Happy people don't do that. But anyway, he said, when you create anything meaningful, someone somewhere will try to make you feel lousy about it. So he's successful, he helps a bunch of people, and even a former colleague sent him an email calling him a name because he didn't like what he'd most recently written. So everyone gets criticism. It's going to happen. We're in com good company. So when the criticism is mean-spirited from somebody who knows nothing, it's invalid, Ask yourself, would I ask this person for advice? That's way three. Would I ask this person for advice? And if the answer is no, then ignore it because that criticism doesn't matter. I heard this idea originally, it was over five years ago, and I think it was an ep on an episode of Amy Porterfield's Marketing Made Easy podcast, and I think it was by John Acuff is where she heard it. But my Google skills didn't prove stellar enough to track it down. <laughs> but the thought he shared was, never take criticism from someone you wouldn't ask for advice. So remember that and tell yourself that. That can really help. At the time, I was a copywriter and I would get invalid criticism. And even though it really was invalid, I took it to heart. I'd, I'd waffle between thinking, Am I the worst copywriter in the world? How do I get so many comments to being angry that these people who knew nothing would tear about, apart the copy? So this helped me to focus on the work itself instead of taking that criticism, criticism home with me at night and letting it ruin my weekends. 
Never take criticism from someone you wouldn't ask for advice. But what if the answer is yes, and you would ask that person for advice? What if the criticism is valid? This is kind of part B of way three. Remember two things. You are not your work. It's so easy to tie our work to our identity and think that they are one and the same, but they are not. You are not your work. And then the second is, it's okay to be bad at something. That's how you learn. Nobody really wants to be bad at things, but you have to be bad at things before you can be good at things. It makes me think of this quote from J.K. Rowling. It made the rounds, it seemed like, everywhere on social media a few years ago, but it's still a good one. She said, it is impossible to live without failing at something unless you live so cautiously that you might as well have not lived at all, in which case you have failed by default. Fail by default. Mm. Even saying those words hurts. So I would much rather take valid or even invalid criticism over never doing anything ever. On to way four. So way four is another question, and it is to ask yourself, do I care? And it's amazing how long it took me to to have this thought. Um, I was probably 35, but I had checked out at TJ Maxx, and we were just kind of making conversation with the, the cashier, and I said something that was a little awkward, or maybe I did something a little awkward. I don't remember. And as I was walking away, I thought, oh, man, why did I say that? Why did I do that? It's so awkward. And then I realized, wait, this cashier probably sees hundreds of people a day. I'm probably never going to see them again in my entire life. They don't know who I am. They don't care who I am. They probably don't even remember what happened two minutes ago. And do I care what they think? No, I don't actually care what they think. We are conditioned to care as we grow up because, you know, you, you want to be seen as smart or cute or popular or whatever. You know, that's how we, we fit in as kids and young adults. Um, but really, when you think about it, it does not matter what most people think about you. And as a whole, like I wear what I want and I'm really authentic in what I say. I don't really care what, what I say to a point, but then... There are times when I beat myself up because I think, oh, that was dumb or that looked dumb. So just realizing it's okay not to care what these people think. It's totally okay. And guess what? I don't care was really freeing. So just remind yourself, do I care? You know, if you misspeak when you're at the drive through speaker, who cares? Do you care what the person taking your order actually thinks of you? No. So remember, do I care? And answer that question. Way five is to choose to invite the right people into your mental living room. So back to the story at the beginning. It occurred to me that the mean people in my neighborhood had occupied several minutes of my time across a couple of days, including on Valentine's Day. Come on, man, Valentine's Day. And then it occurred to me how little I thought about the absolutely wonderful people in my life in that same time frame. 
the people who loved me, the people who are kind to me, the, the kind of people that we need more of in the world, I had spent so much more time thinking about these mean people instead of those wonderful people. And we usually do that. We usually think about the people and things that are bad or scary or mean because of our brain's negativity, negativity bias, but we don't have to keep doing that. We can take, take steps to change that. For example, there's this tiny decades-old candy shop in New York City, Ray's Candy Store. You should look up pictures. It's so nostalgic and chaotic and completely irreplaceable. The amazing 90-year-old owner, the cutest little old man you've ever seen, was attacked outside of his store. And here is what he said. His name is Ray of Ray's Candy Store. He said, I still love America. I love New York. People are very nice. One in a thousand is bad. So I choose to think about Ray rather than the people who hurt him. He's the one who deserves it. So make a mental or even better physical list of the people in your life who deserve your thoughts and think about them. Put the right people in your mental living room. So that's the five ways that you can deal with trolls and criticism. Quick recap before you go. If you wouldn't invite someone into your living room, don't let them into your head. Close the curtains. Ask yourself, would I ask this person for advice? Ask yourself, do I care? And finally, give your thoughts to the people who deserve them. Thanks for listening. If you found this episode helpful, please leave a review. And don't forget to follow or subscribe. Until next time, let's live well.